0: What's up everyone? Welcome to the built on purpose podcast where each episode I interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work and leadership. My name is Brian Moore, co-founder and managing partner of Y scouts. And today I'm interviewing Della Simpson and Carrie breezes. Della and Carrie share a common passion for sustainability. Their passion comes from a lifetime of living consciously and making choices with the philosophy of leaving the earth a little bit better than the way they found it. The company they purchased in 2011 called Relan takes old billboards and other vinyl banners and repurposes them into bags, backpacks, wallets, and other consumer products. They work with some of the most well-known brands and sports teams on the planet, helping them get on board the sustainability train. In addition to Della and Carrie serving as the CEO and president respectively, they happen to also be mother and daughter. In this episode, we explore the power of sustainability, the impact of providing jobs to those who need it most, the responsibility we all share in making our world a better place and what it takes to work with family. I know you'll find Della and Carrie to be as engaging as I did. Enjoy this great episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by Della Simpson and Carrie Breezes of Relan. Super excited to chat with both of you today. Della, Carrie, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for, in, for inviting
0: us. Absolutely. And and you know, I'm not sure if you knew this, um, but you you have a very distinct honor, and that is, well, I hope it's an honor. <laughs> um, that is, you're the first uh podcast guests. Uh, to show up uh, as a pair, if you will. I've only interviewed uh, one individual at a time. So you are the first folks to come on uh, and and grace uh, the presence of our audience uh, as a duo. So congratulations on what I hope will be perhaps the first of many. Thank you. So I want to- We are j-
1: excited and we're excited to be here and excited to be the first pair.
0: Excellent. And and a mother-daughter duo on top of that, which is something that I, I do want to touch on, uh, but we'll save that for a little bit. Um, so... I, You know, I want to give a sense for our audience uh, what it is you guys are actually up to in this passion that you have for sustainability. So I think a really great place to start is if you can share with us the story of your your company, the story of Relan, which, by the way, for those of you that uh, are interested in doing some research, the company name Relan is spelled R-E-L-A-N as in Nancy, Relan. So Della, Carrie, whoever wants to start, please share with us a little of of the story of Relan.
1: Carrie, I'll go ahead, this is Della. I'll go ahead and start with with the history, if that's okay. Roland, which in the uh, urban dictionary, means something so amazing that everybody wants to be a part of it. We think that that kind of fits with what we are trying to do. We started as a small company, bought the company, which had been a lifestyle company. We changed the business model and decided that if we really wanted to save the world, that we needed to work with clients who were creating a lot of the materials that we were using to help to tell the stories of the companies and their sustainability initiatives. That's how we got started. We have worked. we're now really focusing on working with large corporations to help them tell their sustainability through creating products with their marketing materials from billboards to banners to about any type of material that can be cut and sewn, we can create products for them to make tangible products to engage their customers, to engage their fans, and to really tell their sustainability story.
0: Well, and I think this, this story of sustainability, and if uh, my research is correct, and I hope that it is, when you guys uh, took over the business in 95, I mean, sustainability was by no means a, that hot of a topic, certainly nothing uh, like it is today, some 22 or 21, 22 years uh, later. So, you know, when you started it or took the business over in 95, I mean, people were probably, I'm guessing, thinking you're a little nuts.
1: Well, people always think we're a little nuts, but we actually purchased, we purchased the company in 2011. So we purchased the company five years ago.
0: Okay. The company
1: was started in '95, which you are very correct that that was a time when people were not even thinking or talking about sustainability. Today, there are just as Rolan was in its infancy, a lot of companies that will take materials and create products that go to retail. What we did in 2011 when we purchased the company was to change that business model so that we go only B2B. So we work with the companies who have the materials and then make the products to fit their clients, to fit their, their customers, their employees, but we sell the products back to them.
2: And so, Brian, and part of our goal, do do. With, part of our goal with our business model is, you know, everybody's buzzwords right now are the circular economy and things like that, and how can we make um, really take having people take responsibility for the products that they are putting out in the world. So our business model is based around that: that people, we're helping them take responsibility for this material instead of just overlooking it or not even counting it into a waste stream. Um, Right now, the people that end up with it are the posting companies who don't technically own the brand that was posted on the billboard. So we're working with the brands to think about this material they're having printed in a different way and also working with the printers to talk to their brands and say, hey, instead of just disposing of this at the end, there are other options and really thinking about this in a more circular economy
0: yeah I'm curious from the brand's perspective you know what has been because clearly you're working with some pretty uh, decent sized brands and we can get into some of uh, some of your clients and partners uh, here in a little bit but from the brand's perspective were you met with any pushback um, as to why this is even important I'm curious uh well Carrie go I-
2: ahead I would definitely say we are (laughs) met pushback, back Um, mainly because people completely overlook this as a waste stream and when I say people the brands in general and not faulting them for that they don't typically touch a billboard so if a brand was to purchase a billboard it's about three steps away from them Um, granted they're spending the money on it and know that it's out there, but most people don't even know what a billboard is made of much less what happens to it at the end of its life. And with it not being internal to them, most of the big brands are looking at internal operations and ways they can make that better and greener and more sustainable. They're not necessarily thinking about the impact that is outside of, um, outside their doors which some of the large brands, when you look at just billboards alone, not banners and other material that we work with, print upwards of three to five million square feet of material annually.
0: It's a lot of material. Uh, And I would imagine, you know, that accumulation, I think I saw a statistic, some 600,000 tons of uh, this material, Uh, is dumped in landfills every year. And I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that the, you know, the half-life of this material is fairly long. So it just, it just sits.
2: Correct. Yeah. yeah. It it just sits in the landfills. And right now the vinyl that's used in billboards is not recyclable, not in the U S at least. Um, So some of the material is shredded, some of it is used for other purposes like lining drainage ditches or covering people's barns or hay fields, Um, but the brand really loses control of their brand when that's what happens to their material.
0: Yeah, so, you know, this whole idea of taking this these billboards, for example, we'll stick with billboards because I think it's a, it's a easily accessible for everybody. We've all passed by a gazillion of them in our lifetime and so, you know, company ABC has a billboard along a major freeway advertising or uh, trying to activate new new clients or customers. The billboard campaign comes down, the vinyl then can be you know, cut, cleaned, cut, sewn, and then repurposed uh, and turned into, you know, a bag or a backpack or a wallet or whatever it is that this, you know, super durable vinyl can be repurposed into. And I think one of the things that at least struck me as I was digging into the work you guys are doing is this contrast or difference between recycle and upcycle. And perhaps shame on me for not really knowing the main difference, but for those uh, in our audience that may not know the difference, can you explain uh, pretty succinctly the difference between recycle and upcycle?
1: Sure. This is Della, and recycling is really when you break something down. You then are using resources to not only break it down, but also then to turn it into something else. When you repurpose something, you take the existing materials, and you use them exactly as they are and create something new from them. So you don't have the carbon footprint that you do in recycling, which is a high carbon footprint of breaking it down and turning it into something else. This is strictly taking what exists, cutting it up, sewing it into something else. But we have not changed in any way. We don't print on it. We don't do anything except use it exactly as it is.
2: And Brian, one thing I would add to that is a simple way that I've seen it explained is upcycling makes a positive impact on the environment and typically takes the material and makes it into something of greater value where recycling takes a lot of, you know, it still makes a big impact on the environment and often the product that's created is of lesser quality. So that's not always but that's kind of an easy way for me to process it in my head.
0: No, that I uh, appreciate uh, appreciate that explanation. That's that's really helpful. So when you're working with brands, uh, I guess first and foremost, you know, who typically are you targeting? Who's the right person at the brand uh, to speak with? Is it somebody in marketing? Is it somebody in PR? Is it uh, you know someone in corporate social responsibility? All of the above? None of the above? You know, who are you? Who who's the right person to connect with?
2: I would all say of, the all of the above and <laughs> more. <laughs> and many more. Um, yeah. It's actually been a really interesting part of the business model because initially, you know, thinking in the sustainability world, my thought was, well, we talked to the sustainability officer, or the sustainability or green team, and a lot of brands organizations, sports teams, everybody has green teams and they're doing a lot of things in the sustainability world. Um, But it's not always people's first job and there's not always a lot of funding around just the sustainability piece. Um, So all of the other people that you mentioned, the marketing, the PR, the community engagement people, um, even people that are doing promotional products um, since that's one of the things we can help them replace, So it's kind of across the board in organizations, it can be a lot of different people. And for us, it's been finding somebody that really gets what we're doing, understands it, and understands the impact that it can make for their organization, that this isn't just another product, that this is actually a way to reduce waste going to the landfill, as well as reduce waste that's coming, you know, when people buy promotional products, they're often shipped in from China or other places overseas, so there's a huge carbon footprint that comes with that where our products are made in the U.S. So not only are you keeping the billboards out of the landfill, but you're also reducing that carbon footprint of bringing promotional marketing products, gifts, giveaways, that kind of stuff into the U.S.
0: That's uh, fantastic. I think one of the, you know, I want to spin off of that. uh, One of the things that uh, I had the opportunity to, uh, to uncover as I was doing my research is, the jobs that you guys are creating uh, and at least in particular in the local community in Minnesota in partnering with some community organizations that are helping people that might otherwise not have an opportunity to have a meaningful opportunity in the workforce, uh, find work and contribute to something that's just really, really powerful and important. And I was hoping maybe you could share a little bit about some of these partner organizations and you know what it, what it means to them, and and frankly, what it means to the two of you to be able to do something like this for your local communities and providing jobs for people that might not otherwise be able to uh, to to achieve uh, what it what it feels like to work.
1: One of our you know one of our main goals is to give back to the community, and that is why we manufacture everything in the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. The St. Paul area has one of the largest Hmong communities across the country. They are all very skilled, and they have a great interconnection within their community. Many of them are the women, grandmothers, mothers, who have English as a second or third language, and it's difficult for them to communicate, but it's easy for them to come in and work with us to be able to take the product home and sew. That also gives them the ability to continue in their traditional family lifestyle and be able to work at the same time. We also work with PROACT, which is an organization that works with the mentally and physically challenged. We have them do several different jobs for us. Sometimes they will come into our facility and do some cleaning of the billboards and of variety of different jobs, or they will work on the products at their facility, at the ProAct facility. We really feel that it's huge to be able to offer these people some opportunities that otherwise they wouldn't have. And it's amazing to become involved with that community because they're just fabulous people, and it makes us um, really enjoy our work as well
0: i'm curious from a recruiting standpoint as you've brought on full-time members to the rolan team as you've continued your growth over the you know five or so years since you purchased the business has that type of a community dedication and you know partnership with proact and with the communities you mentioned the Hmong community uh, has that aided you in recruiting you are full-time team members. Is that has that been a key aspect? Has it helped? Has it hurt? Is it a is it even something that uh, you know comes up?
1: With the people that we've hired here in the Twin Cities, we are very lucky in that the people that we have brought on board with us and to be a part of Roland have very similar attitudes towards giving back to the community, and it's been amazing the people that have even come to us for jobs and wanting to work with us because of our mission, because of what we are doing. And not only in the environmental aspect of it, but also because of what we're giving back to the community with the people and, and providing those types of jobs. So I would say it definitely has, as well as kind of get us really involved with the communities that we're working with.
0: Carrie, anything that uh, you've seen? I know that uh, you spend uh, a good chunk of your time in the California location and aren't always in Minneapolis. What, uh, you know, being a a distance away from where a lot of the activity is happening, you know, what's your sense?
2: I would say very similar to what Della said. I mean, it's very important for us to bring people on with the same thoughts and being able to share with them. How we've set up our business, um, it definitely helps with the people we've brought on to our team um, and it helps when we talk to the brands and you know the sports teams and stuff too, because that ultimately I think is important not only to people we're bringing in internally but externally as well
0: so let me take a step back just for a moment um, and a question perhaps I should have asked at the very beginning, but this passion that both of you have for sustainability and living what what I think is an incredibly high level of consciousness and and what you choose to do how you choose to do it and why you choose to do it where did this all stem from was there a particular cereal you both ate as kids that led to this like what what cartoons were you watching that that I missed cereal (laughs) (laughs)
1: um well what happened really I think you know I grew up in the 60s, so we were all going to save the world back then. And when I had my daughters, I was already going to co-ops when they were, you know, a 10 by 10 foot little area. They didn't have sugar. They were very active in sports. They were, I was trying to raise them in a very healthy way. It just evolved and Carrie and I are very much alike in that. We try to eat healthy. We're very active. Carrie has an environmental engineering degree. I am certified as a yoga instructor. I follow all of the guidelines for eating, you know, in the whole foods diet way. So we, it just really has come naturally. So it's not just saving the world in, you know, repurposing all of these materials, but it's also in really trying to educate others on living a, Healthy lifestyle in every aspect of their life. I think both of us live that, breathe that every day. And so to be passionate about what we're doing with our work is easy because we're passionate about that in our whole life.
2: And Brian, I would add to that, um, you know, Della said that's how she raised me. I now have kids as well. And to me, it's important, obviously, to both of us to leave the world better than the state that it's in right now. Um, I was just having my son when we purchased Roland and you know seeing and thinking about the world the way that we're leaving it right now for our kids and what we're doing to it to destroy it. um, We both would like to leave this place better than the condition that it's in right now.
0: You know, so thinking about the impact that you're having and saving, you know, just ton after ton of this vinyl that would otherwise go into the landfill. I mean, clearly the adoption from the larger brands that are the heavy users of the type of materials that you're able to repurpose is just such a critical component to the success of being able to leave the world better than when we found it. From the brand, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the brands and, and give even a, a deeper sense to those listening of, you know, what is it exactly you're doing or who you're doing it for and what they're doing with it. So is there a brand or two that you can share an example, you know, who you're working with and, and you know, what that process was like to get them interested and then what are the products that they are, um, you know, selling um, that's, you know, at the end of the day, I think really telling a really important story. So just share a little bit about that if you could.
2: Yeah, I will definitely. Um, so one of the brands, one of the sports teams that we just finished a project for are was the Indiana Pacers. And yesterday, um, they had a golf tournament where a bunch of their players, their sponsors, a lot of people are around the team all come together in golf. And what they did was take, their banners from the stadium, turn them into coolers and on the back of the golf cart, golf carts, they had a cooler that was filled with whatever you bring out on the golf course with you. And (laughs) (laughs) was labeled um, saying where these banners came from. And then at the end of the tournament, everybody got to take a cooler home with them. Um, So it was supported by the Pacers, it was for the players, the sponsors, you know, a lot of people that are involved in it to really start showcasing hey we care about this and to open the conversation for them to talk about other good things that they're doing at the stadium, um, other good things that the Pacers are doing in the community. Um, That's one of the things that our products can help with is opening the conversation because it's very tangible. So instead of talking about LED lighting that you put in or solar panels or something that people can't always wrap their mind around or touch and feel. these. Coolers as I talked about with the Pacers are something they can take with them They can touch it and it's a very tangible way to say hey, we're going green and we care that you guys know about this Um, Another organization that we're working with is United Airlines and They are taking banners that have hung in the airports as well as billboards that were um, out around the airports and in the communities and turning those into three different products and theirs will actually be sold online, um, through the eco skies, um, United airlines shop. So United is doing a ton of environmentally friendly things from what they're serving on their planes, um, to conserving fuel, to, you know, really thinking about the carbon footprint that they're making in their office as far as recycling. And again, this is going to give their employees, the people that are passionate about united as a brand um so the people flying united airlines um, and their stakeholders a way to really see what they're doing they're taking stuff that people probably saw in an airport and now they can take that home with them and they can talk about the story of united and say wow this is really cool did you know what EcoSkies is doing you know let me show you but then oh my gosh, did you know that they're conserving all this fuel and they're the leader in the United States as far as sustainability? And on their plane, they served me, you know, better coffee, eco-friendly products. Um, so it really starts the conversation and people get really excited about it.
0: That's fantastic. And, I, you know, it, it, for me, uh, thinking about the Indiana Pacers example that you gave, uh, and not to take away from the United Airlines story at all, but as a sports fan... You know, regardless of the team, but let's focus on the pacer since that's the story you shared. If I'm a fan and I have an opportunity to, you know, whether it be a cooler or a bag or a backpack or whatever it is, and on that particular item, there's an identification of, you know, this was a banner that was hanging In the stadium that was once a part of, you know, the history of the, uh, you know, of the team that I now own a piece of something that was actually hanging in the stadium. I mean, what a really neat way to connect the fan to the organization, um, you know, and something that has such a positive uh, impact on, you know, the environment uh, at the same time. It just seems to me to be a really great storytelling item as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And And the teams are really starting to embrace that. Go ahead, Della.
1: I was just going to say that, that yes, the teams are starting to really embrace that. And that is one of the things that every fan wants is to take something home. And now not only are they taking it home, but they are now carrying that with them wherever they go because they're proud of their team. So whether it's a billboard, whether it's a banner inside, this is now traveling around the world. And promoting their sustainability story.
0: Yeah, Carrie, did you want to add anything to that? I know you were both uh, sounded pretty excited about that piece.
2: <laughs> um, I think what Della said is right on track, and it's just fun seeing the teams, you know, really make something that's limited edition, the banners that were in their stadium in 2015 and 2016, whenever. They're never going to be there again. So, the people that get it and really make it into memorabilia and something really unique versus, oh, we got, you know, I got a duffel bag when I came into the stadium, but so did everybody else, and they're all the same. Each one of these is unique and people get something really special from the teams that way.
0: Yeah, that is really cool. That is really cool. You know, I, and I'm curious, and, and maybe you don't have any data on this or anecdotal uh, data on it yet. I'm curious, though, you know, from a fan perspective, the the impact uh, to all of us certainly seems fairly obvious. It's great to hear that the teams are picking up on it. Simultaneously, I'm wondering if I were a big brand, whether I was a sports team or a big organization like a United Airlines, I mean, holy cow, from an, uh, an employee engagement standpoint, to be able to demonstrate for my team what it is we're doing uh, to have this sustainability, positive sustainability impact, I would leverage the heck out of that as uh, an employee engagement uh, you know, tool. I would also use it as a recruiting tool. I'm curious if you're seeing whether it be teams or the brands uh, pick up on the power that this really has.
2: We definitely are, I mean, an example, we worked with Sungevity, who is a solar company, and they did billboards for the first time this year. When they came down, their ad agency actually suggested to them that there might be another solution than putting them in the landfill. And so they came to us and created business card holders for every one of their employees, specifically for employee engagement, to be able to say, you know, this fits with our mission, We believe in doing this um you know and even talking to them they said in the beginning we were like well we're not sure if we can justify the funds for it but when they really looked at what they were doing you're paying to get it hauled away and put into a landfill or you can do something that's employee engagement that fits with your mission that fits with your brand and really be able to give something to people to speak to that where you're really walking the walk of you know, saying, hey, we're sustainable or we're trying to be more environmentally friendly.
0: I'm curious from an environmental friendliness standpoint, you know, not every brand obviously has the resources or frankly, you know, invest in vinyl and billboards and things like that to be able to do this. Um, Do you, either of you have advice, uh, you know, general advice or specific of what businesses can start doing Um, to just be more environmentally friendly, even if they don't uh, use the type of vinyl or materials uh, where they could partner with you to help them?
1: I think that one of the things that everyone needs to start thinking about is being mindful about every purchase that you make, including corporations. Also, we do have additional materials and have had many clients who have come to us to say that we really want to engage employees with a with sustainability and with all of our initiatives we don't use billboards or banners do you have materials or can you get materials so that we can have a bag that at least during our conference we are saying we're trying to be more sustainable and once again open up the conversations with them with their employees. So we do have ways that we can work with them on that. We're also working towards creating a lot of different ways that companies can engage with their employees, with their customers, and provide some guidance in what they can do uh, sustainably. Again, with their materials, it doesn't have to be billboards and banners. Almost every company creates T-shirts. And they usually have a ton that are left over. So we can work with any materials that can be cut and sewn. It can be uniforms. It can be T-shirts. It can be, you know, from race car driving suits to just about any types of material. So one thing is to really think about everything that you have in that way and to be mindful about what you're purchasing and mindful about what happens to it once you are Finished
0: using it. You know, the last uh, topic that uh, I'm super curious about that I wanted to, uh, to chat with you both on is this mother daughter duo that you guys have and what it's like to <laughs> spearhead an organization, um, you know, and, and how the family connection and particularly the mother daughter connection impacts the two of you, uh, how it impacts the team. Uh, how it impacts perhaps the story that you're sharing with with clients. If you are, it's interesting. You know, I've certainly picked up, as I'm sure the audience has, that you refer to each other by Della and Carrie. I didn't hear any mom uh, language or daughter language. So uh, talk a little bit about that.
1: Well, I will start by saying, first of all, I think for a mother, if every mother's dream, if they could look at their children, It would that is fabulous. I respect Carrie as the most amazing person in the world. And we have always been on a track of trying to do something together. And this Roland really met all of our desires to be, to give back, to do something that really mattered, to do all of that. And because we both feel that way, it was it was terrific. We, we disagree on enough so that we keep each other in check, but in general, it is a terrific relationship, and I could not be happier that we are working together. Carrie sometimes will say, yes, it, but it is really good that Carrie is in California and I'm in <laughs> Minnesota, so some of that some of that helps, but uh, overall, we try to see each other as often as we can. We attend all of the functions together that we possibly can and for me it is the best thing in the world that could have ever happened
2: and brian i would echo what del is saying i mean i if there were three things that i could say with having a family business one would be respect you obviously have to respect the other people and hopefully in most families that is the case i know not always but um I mean, where we just definitely have a mutual respect for each other and I think that helps um, internally as far as working together and with our team and externally when we get to go out to events together and you know, people see us there together and a lot of people think we're sisters. Um, so it's always fun to start a conversation that way. Um, mm-hmm. Second, I would say you have to have the passion um, for any business, you can't run a business without some type of passion and having a common passion together that we are really striving to achieve good things with. Um, I think that's really important in the business. And then just the support. Um, As Della said, there's definitely disagreements, um, but being able to know that I have my mom's support in everything that I'm doing and that we are supporting each other to run and grow a business is to me the best thing that we can have.
0: All right, so when you guys do disagree, as the disagreements you said do come up, uh, who, who, who's, who, who gets the final say?
1: There isn't a who gets it. We work it out. And it's never sometimes we discuss it and we come to a mutual agreement. It is never a, it's never a somebody has the final say. It, we work it out. We talk through it. And we come to an agreement that we can both live with. I think one of the other things is is that we really live by not only with us but also with everyone that we've brought onto the team is that you, you make a decision no matter what decision it is it's never going to be wrong you made a decision and both of us will support as carrie said we support each other and if carrie makes a decision with something and we look at it and we go huh well we maybe could have made a you know done something differently we learned from that and so we it's not a matter of a final say we work it out we talk through it and we decide what our next step is
0: sounds very much like a, a spirit of progress before perfection and just continue you know you we, we all make uh bad decisions we 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 fail and we we learn forward so to speak and it sounds mm-hmm. like that that's the spirit that you mm-hmm. both share yeah you know um I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I actually lied because I said that the last thing I wanted to discuss was the, uh, the mother daughter aspect. And, you know, it it was uh, an innocent lie, but there is actually one more thing that uh, I actually do want to touch on because I think it's super, super cool. And that's the mascot warrior uh, book series um, uh, on your website. Um, you know, it looks like you guys just released uh, an ebook, a children's book. And it's going to be the first of many, um, to really help educate young minds about the importance of uh, the work that you're doing. Where did this come from? And, you know, what, what, what do you want to share with the audience who has children um, and, and where they can go to get more information?
1: Well, I would say I will start.
2: Go ahead. Thanks. You carry, you take it. That's you go ahead. The initial idea came through the sports, <laughs> Um, that a lot of the mascots that the sports teams have are actually endangered species um, or animals that you know are on the watch list and things like that. And sports has such a big platform of how sports teams reach their audience. And we kind of took all of that together in thinking about the environmental piece and wanting to educate kids that are coming up in this world on how they can make a difference and what things they can do to impact the world. Um, Della, I'll let you take it from there on the actual mascot warrior piece of it, but that's kind of where the initial idea started.
1: So we decided that because of these endangered species, because kids relate to animals, kids relate to sports teams, that this would be just a perfect platform. And because Carrie and I are both so passionate about educating the children because they really are the future of what's going to happen, that it would be a way to engage them. So each book will be a different type of a mascot who will take the children on an incredible adventure and show them what's actually happening. But I think the best part is that when they come back, then it's all about first, you know, they will always say, but we're just kids. What can we do? And the reality is, is you're not just kids. You know, you are the future and you're a mascot warrior. So they will learn that they, what the things that they can do that will have a positive impact on whatever was happening to that type of, to that animal, to that species, uh, to the land that they're living on. We and so have I, several.
2: Um, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say, we're going to do, release several. We have three that are written, one that is somewhat is complete that we have as an ebook, and the rest will be coming soon.
2: And Brian, for people that are interested in it, on the top of our Relan website, which is Rolon R-E-L-A-N dot green, on the you can click on the very top of our website and get to where you can purchase the ebook. Um If people have questions about it, of course, we're happy to answer any questions and it's something where we just want to start this conversation or continue this conversation, um, bringing a lot of our passions together, you know, saving animals, saving the planet and educating kids.
0: Well, it has been just an absolute pleasure chatting with both of you. And and I want to mention the website once again, for those of you out there that want to do a little bit more research and learn more about Relan. It's Relan, R-E-L-A-N dot green, G-R-E-E-N, the color. And uh, when you go to the Relan site about, uh, I'd say, uh, you know, a, 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 a scroll down the homepage just a little bit, there is a fantastic two and a half, three minute video that really shares a great overview of what Relan is all about and the impact uh, that you're having on the world. And I think it's fantastic. Della Simpson, the CEO, Carrie Breezes, the president, the mother-daughter duo. What a pleasure to have you guys on. Keep up the amazing, amazing work and wish you nothing but the best. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Brian, Brian. Thank you so very, very much.
0: hope you enjoyed hearing our interview with Della and Carrie. If you're interested in a transcribed version of this episode or want to listen to more episodes of the Built on Purpose podcast, please visit yscouts.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you'd like to recommend someone as a guest for the show, please drop me a line at brian at yscouts.com. I promise more great interviews are on the way. Thanks again for listening.